0: Alrighty, righty, welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Brian K. James, and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They're a singer, model, actor, and reality star who you guys may recognize from Set It Off Atlanta, and I cannot wait to get to know them better. Ladies, gentlemen, and every gender or lack thereof in between, join me in welcoming to the show Enrique Fan. Hey, y'all.
1: Yes. How are you doing, my love? I am great. I was, like I said, uh, rushing home, but I had to stop by and get me this fat hot dog from the varsity because I'm a fatty. And yeah, I'm a fatty and I have to eat like four or five times a day. So I'm better now. I was hangry.
0: (laughs) I know that's right. I love that. So. Tell me, where are you at? What place are you in at this point in the year? Um, Where are you mentally? How are you feeling? Like where, like how's your year going so far?
1: So, um, oddly enough, uh, people think that the person that I quote unquote portray on set it off is a fictitious person. And that is far from the truth. I'm a 100% real individual. So in saying that, my, my life is great. Once COVID came and COVID did what it did, and we lost people, you know, relentlessly to to COVID and over foolishness because they wanted to hang out, people should have then gained a newfound sense of loving life. However, I've always had that sense. So. With me, my year is going great. I've been blessed. Um, I have projects coming up as far as web series, um, three movies coming out, stage play that I'm starring in that comes out, uh, well, that we put on on April the 1st, and just got through texting the uh, director before getting on this, this call to, you
0: know, film some more stuff with him. So I'm great, I'm excellent, life is great. That is awesome, congratulations. I'm so excited Thank for you coming up, absolutely.
1: Yeah, you got to put them two feet in front of you, and move forward. See, so people get stagnant and they want to place their feet right there and plant them. There ain't no planting. Mm-hmm. Only thing that needs to be planted is a tree. I'm
0: <laughs> I am not a tree. Absolutely, ten million. <laughs> what do you? What did you most look forward to leaving behind in twenty twenty
1: two? Um. I okay. So. Again, if, if anybody's listening that has watched, set it off, um, one of my biggest problems has been to not be such a nurturing person or to uh, be able to say no. And so um, I left that in 2023 to start letting people learn for themselves and not be so accessible because I think that the accessibility of it all kind of does handicap them. Even though I felt that it was a need for me and it was a calling on my life, I felt that I was becoming too much of a crutch for so many people and instead of them trying to figure things out they just call me and it's weird but I left that in 2022 and I'm I'm making people grow up now and man up or woman up and start doing things for themselves absolutely
0: I love that thought process (laughs) so if I were to ask you who is Enrique what would you say um in one, one word um, you can give me a sentence or two. Okay. Um
1: Enrique is an unapologetically kind-hearted, warm-spirited, untactful, uncouth at times, comical individual who loves life and loves people.
0: Absolutely. I love that.
1: Yeah, I had to sum me all up because I, I got a smart mouth sometimes and sometimes I can say things that are really untactful. but I don't mean any malice. It just comes out that way. So I know I'm real with me. You know, most people are not real with them, so I'm real with me. I know how I am. <laughs> I get that.
0: When did you discover music?
1: So um, I grew up singing and acting, actually. Uh, my father, who was a bishop, he was a an actor Um, he sang a little bit as well and then he became a radio personality for one of our gospel stations here in Atlanta so I was always with my dad like always so me and music found the love when I was growing up a sheltered gay and when I say sheltered, meaning you know back then it was taboo to be out like they are now so I found my solace in writing poems and writing music because I, I was able to convey my thoughts that way without anybody ever
0: knowing that I'm really talking about a guy mm I love that okay <laughs> and when do you think you discovered your own voice
1: uh seriously probably last year wow probably last year and and it's, that's something that I try to teach to people in their late 20s and early 30s who always say oh, I'm getting so old I'm maybe you still finding yourself i'm I'm just now finding myself at 50 so you you're damn sure not found fi- you ain't found yourself yet So stop thinking that you haven't figured out and keep just figuring it out. Just keep going, like I said, putting up your feet forward and move it in another direction, but you ain't got to figure it out. But I just got my voice last year because I've always been passive aggressive, which is weird, but I've always let people kind of quote unquote, walk over me um, where they thought they were walking over me, but it was just me pacifying them to try to help them. So, I didn't find my voice until I I had to say enough is enough. Like, no, you're too good for this. So I had to learn my value and understand my worth. That's pretty much what it was.
0: Totally. I completely get that. So describe the moment that you knew within yourself that you were talented.
1: Okay, so that's a tough one. Because, again, in self-evaluation in my latter years... Uh, and having conversations with people and um, reading articles about certain celebrities, I had to develop this thing called Mind Over Matter. If, 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 if you don't mind, it don't matter. So, you know, if it ain't paying you know, paying my bills or you know, anything like that, if I, I don't mind, it don't matter. It doesn't pertain to me. Um, two, two things stuck out to me in life. Um, Halle Berry, one of the most sought after, one of the most beautiful women in the world, has been married I think three times now and every husband or every guy she's ever been with has beat on her and said that she was fake and she was phoning, they don't ever know when she's acting. And I'm like, you have so many people in this world looking at this lady saying, oh my God, I wish I was Hallie, or so many guys saying they wanna get with her, yet you guys had her and you treated her like that. That was the first thing to open my eyes to, to the reality of life. The second thing was when Jay-Z did what he did to be honest, say quote unquote, allegedly, you know, cheating on her. And again, she's another woman that everybody's looking at and wanting to be in her shoes, not realizing the, the path she's walking in those shoes. So it taught me that you have to believe in yourself and you got to be resilient because even the people that you're looking at, that you think have it all figured out, they don't even have it all figured out. So when you're beating up on yourself saying, I got it, I got it because, I, no. Again, it's a learning process. You're gonna get it eventually in life.
0: You're gonna get it. That's so true. That's such a... <laughs> I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's where the whole Papa Smurf thing comes from, They, because they say I have so much knowledge. I'm like, I just live and I observe it and I pay attention. And again, I'm real with myself. And that's what
0: matters most. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I'm afraid of that truth,
0: but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're not wrong about that at all. <laughs> so. What is one song of yours that would allow my audience to instantly get to know you as an artist?
1: As far as singing-wise? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, ended I read Strength, Courage, and Wisdom. Mm. Nice. Yeah, because in that song, she hits on all three of those topics of, you know, being strong and having courage and having wisdom. So when I listen to the songs, like what? Well, so a lot of times I'm going through the house. Yeah, got it. Just to get you
0: a little bit right there.
1: <laughs> Have my eyes? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I absolutely love that.
1: Yeah, most people don't say it off. Don't even know I can sing. Um, I did it for something. They was like, wait a minute, you can. I was like, yeah. I keep telling y'all, like all the rappers on the show. I was like, I keep telling y'all, I want to do a hook on y'all songs. I'm, you know, I'm down, but. They, they yeah, I guess I'm not youthful enough for them, so they don't use me. Mm, I hate that. No, it's, it's, it's perfectly fine. You
0: know, it's just me trying to do my part to help further their careers. Absolutely. I totally feel that. So, where did acting come into play for you?
1: Okay. So, um, as I said, um, at at the age of three, my dad was enrolled in a community college, and of course, you know, again, we were poor, extremely poor, so there was no money for childcare, so I was going to college with him. And um, my dad likes to attribute the fact that I went to school with him to me becoming an actor and being so scholastic. He loves to say, well, you guys, are, it's, it's not your music. and I mean, and I can't lie because I know that a lot of things with kids, with kids having such influential minds that through the the, the, the journey of osmosis, it kind of just sticks in your head and you just kind of learn it vicariously, not even knowing that you're learning it. So um, I, I, I literally used to have like, <laughs> I used to have the same thing little girls do but I had stuffed animals I was a collector of stuffed animals so me and my stuffed animals would just have a whole field day in my room with me acting with them and giving them names yeah it was a lot but um, when I realized that I could escape from being me and become somebody else it made me gravitate more to acting and and develop those skills
0: absolutely I love that (laughs) so who is somebody whose story that you would like to portray on screen one day
1: well I did want to um, be in the Tupac bio I did actually um, audition for that Uh, made it to you know through some rounds but that didn't happen so I kind of let that go but if I had to pick someone and think oh uh, oh I don't know, because everybody's, they damn, they got their biopics now, so it's kind of like you really don't have, like, I would want to do maybe a Diddy or Jermaine Dupri, you know, someone who has made a, even Barry Gordy, you know, somebody who's made a name for themselves in that arena and people don't know the struggles that they went through because we always get the the stories of the artists, but we never really get the stories of the producers or the people that found them and what they had to go through to make sure that they got on the label, you know, and those type of things.
0: Okay, for sure.
1: Yeah, probably one of them. Mm -hmm. I ain't gonna say no Martin Luther King or nothing like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what's the one type of role out there that you're waiting to play?
1: I want to play a schizophrenic patient. Um, My favorite movie of all times is Split. Mm. And as an actor, watching that man dive into all those roles and develop all those characters that's when you know that you've made it because that's a lot because you first have to learn all those lines then you have to give all of those lines a different character with a different voice and different actions and it's a lot and that is like my ultimate role to be able to play a character with multiple personalities because i want to see if I can push that out of me because I really think I can so that's my ultimate dream so if anybody that is out there listening if you guys want a dedicated hard-working actor who's gonna learn his lines gonna be there on time and everything please 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 by all means look Enrique Fan Canty up on Facebook or Instagram absolutely
0: Tim. <laughs> if you had to separate music and acting into categories of passion and pleasure Which one would be your passion and which one would be just a pleasure?
1: My passion is acting. My pleasure is music. Um, I was signed to an independent record label when I was younger. And I focused more on singing then because I had low self-esteem issues. And so when I would go into the booth to sing, I would always say, well, you know, make it dark. I do not want anybody looking at me or I would sit on the floor and sing or whatever. But When I was going to auditions for acting, when I would get there again, you know, being gay and still being quote unquote closeted. When I go in and see these fine guys and, these, and I'm like, I can't stick with these guys. And I would just turn around and leave. So learning myself again, it, it kind of taught me, you know, that I, I have to, put forth that effort because I'm going to look up one day and I'm going to be gone laying on my deathbed like well I wish I would have I should have I, I didn't never want to be a should have, could have, would have person so I have to put acting under passion because I love to develop characters and I have to put music under pleasure
0: that makes perfect sense <laughs> what is the one piece of advice that you've gotten in your life that you carry throughout your career at this point my grandmother
1: um at one of my honors banquets uh she came to the honors banquet with my dad and when they called my name to get up and get my award I walked up with my head down and I used to walk around with my head down a lot because again I had low self-esteem issues and upon coming back to the table she stopped me she got up out of her seat and she stopped me and she grabbed me and she pushed my head up and she told me don't you ever walk around in life with your head down because you're not ashamed of nothing you're a strong black educated man and you have to understand that and know that to make these people understand it and know it and i I teach people that all the time you know when i'm uh, doing mentorships hold your head up you got if i know that you lack confidence or i know that i can get to you or you know what i'm saying i'm going to work on your weaknesses but if i feel like you're strong i'm going to leave you alone because i ain't got time to be doing that battle i ain't got time for that challenge so that the piece of advice is to always keep my head up. If you say ain't nothing on the ground, ain't, but you look, ain't nothing on the ground, keep, keep your head up. So I keep my head up to the sky all the time and walk with confidence.
0: I love that. I really <laughs> love that. That's beautiful. That's why I told
1: you people think that I portray, I, I, I really don't. I, I've literally said on the show, I'm not a perfect patty. People might want to say that. I've never said I was perfect. I'm flawed as, as all I know, I've made mistakes. I, and yeah, but because I've learned from those mistakes, it made me a better person, but because you didn't or you can't, or you don't want to, then you look at me and say, oh, he thinks so you a good institution. You would have even said it in the comments. He thinks, oh, no, I don't. I really don't. I can only live my life the way that I know it. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I'm um, yeah, just a simple old man with a lot of mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. So talk to me about your creative process. Compare and contrast your your preparation process for a role versus getting ready to go on stage or in the booth and do music.
1: Okay, that's a loaded question because you know it's like three three to four sides of me, right? So. <laughs> okay, so when you say stage, you meaning singing-wise? Because you know I do lip
0: sync shows as well. hmm Well, I mean more so preparing to do acting versus preparing to do music. So okay. going on stage to um sing or um, or I'm going on stage to do a play, what would be um, the, the difference in how you prepare for each of those arenas? Like, what would be the difference in like how you prepare to act versus when you prepare to sing?
1: So with acting, um, you're gonna probably get a glass of wine in my hand uh, in between scenes because that's, that's mellowing me out and keeping me calm because I will start to overthink things singing it's more of the honey and you know you can't do the, the alcohol or, or anything of that nature because it's going to make your, your throat scratchy or you're going to get pitchy because you don't know that you ain't on key so when I'm preparing for the two the, the verses of the two um I'm acting is more of a mellow thing for me um because it's, it gives me more of an insight to be creative whereas singing is more of a calming soothing thing for for my mind when it comes to se- singing certain lyrics or certain words like I don't even like singing fast songs I'm more of a ballad person I I, give me something slow I want to be a balladeer I didn't want I never wanted to sing anything fast I had a few fast songs that I did record but I prefer fast songs like how Mariah sounds better on fast songs I mean I prefer slow songs you know how Mariah sounds better on slow songs that she do on fast songs it's kind of
0: that so yeah totally get that okay so if you had an ultimatum placed on you and you had to choose one to venture into for the rest of your life would you, you already know the
1: answer to that
0: <laughs> but i love to hear the reasons why because you know i hear that you have a general love for both but there's a certain glow and a certain pipe up that i could hear through your voice when you talk about acting versus singing so if you so if you had to make that choice and give up singing I'd
1: be fine. I'd be fine with that. Because I I have a voice, but I never really, really wanted to be a singer. Like, I like singing and I kind of got pushed into it because I had friends who, you know, had friends who had studios or, you know, stuff like that. So it was passing passing off my demo. And again, during this time when I was singing at an early age, I had a DL boyfriend in high school in the 10th grade. And so my songs were about him and it was my way of getting it out. So I never again wanted to be a singer. I just wanted to sing. I don't know if that makes sense. I just I like to sing, but I didn't want to be a singer. So I could honestly go without singing um, if I had to choose. And I would choose acting because again, every day of my life I can be somebody else. Like even in my marriage, I told my husband, you know, when we first got together that, you know, if I got to put on a, a British accent, whatever, you know, the role play in our relationship, I don't have a problem doing that just to keep the continuity there, just to keep that spark there. And we have, you know, we don't, we, we haven't role-played, we, we do act silly together, so I think that acting is more uh, of something that I would gear towards because I just, I get to bring, bring it to life, I guess. I mean, you can bring a, a song to life, too, but I, I'm more of a theatrical person, so I think I, you know, it's that, that aspect of it.
0: Okay, I totally get that. So, when it comes to your reality television experience... What went into the decision of you deciding to go out or join the cast of Set It Off Atlanta? And what was the casting process like for you?
1: Um, I I saw something on social media. I can't remember if it was Facebook or Instagram. And it said that they were um, casting a new reality show for Atlanta. Uh, I had already spoken to the people with Chasing Atlanta because I used to do a radio show called Q in the Streets. And that's with Q from Chasing LA. So we were doing... We was doing um, the radio show when Chasing Atlanta first started. So when season two came around, he and I both were like, well, let's go on there. So I said, well, I can't do no drama. He was like, oh, me neither. And then it comes out and he's on the show. So I'm like, uh, so, B, you weren't going to tell me you on the show. He's like, I just felt like it. So when they came up for an interview, I spoke with the producers and they told me that I didn't have enough drama going on in my life. And I told them that I was too old to have drama and I, i'm t- too connected to too many people to bring that type of vibe to the show because if i gave drama everybody that's behind me is coming with me so I, I i don't want to be that person so then it came to g status and um i was approached by that as well and i was like no i can't do it because i've watched the show and, it's, and y'all got way too much So yeah. to set it off, when i saw the the promotions for set it off i was already it was already a hell no pretty much but Quan, um, who's on the show as well, is one of my alternative lifestyle kids. And we had just did a stage play together and he was saying that he wanted to get more into television and film. So I said, well, here, here's something for you to do. He auditioned, got on the show, called me maybe two months later and was like, daddy, they need you. I said, what's going on? It's falling apart. They don't know what it is next. So I reached out to Brandon and the, his assistant at the time and we had a conversation and I told them everything that I could deal with and everything I wouldn't deal with coming on the show to assist. So I was never supposed to be a cast member. I was only supposed to be there to help them have a clearer vision for what they were trying to do because they didn't, you know, really understand what they were doing. However, in the midst of that, um, it took us three years to finish season one or the pilot season, and that meant that people started dropping off like flies so I had to step up and become a cast member because I was there and we needed the show to continue on so that's kind of how I became a cast member I didn't have to audition or anything. Okay nice.
0: So when you decided to take that leap and jump in front of the camera what do you think was your mission statement of what you wanted the audience to receive from you as a personality?
1: You want me to be honest?
0: <laughs> as you can. <laughs> I, really
1: didn't, I really didn't care uh, what they perceived. My hopes were that they would see you know see what you're saying right now that i'm just this person for real and they would learn something from it and that's honestly been what's been going on like people you know like i said they, they say one or two people might say something retarded but for the majority the most of the viewers like okay that's yes pop smart get them together pop. like and they need that because a lot of these reality shows don't have structure and they don't have older gay guys on there who are teaching them you know the value of life instead of arguing with them too or fighting with them too you know they they're just on there doing the same thing that, that somebody in their twin is doing and my oldest son is 31. I am not about to be on this show fussing with anybody who's old enough to be my son, because I don't fuss with him. So my mission getting on this show was just to show a mature side of the gay lifestyle and to show a lot of the older guys on the other shows that they could too do what I'm doing, because I know several of them personally, and I know they have it in them, but they just chose the route of the drama in the mess.
0: Mm, I get that. So how do you feel about, or what do you take away from the reception of the audience now that the show has been airing and you have the, the experience of being on reality TV in your back pocket? What do you take away from the perception of the, uh, 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 of the watchers?
1: Uh, meaning, how I perceive what they're saying, or what do I take away from what they out pop- Okay, elaborate on that just a
0: little bit. Just more so, um, when you receive the feedback from the from from the audience, and you see what they what they think about you, what they have to say, what their comments are, what do you take away from that? How does how, how do you internalize the perception that the audience has of you?
1: Again, I don't. I I, I don't. I don't. Um... I don't, I and mean, I've I, I tried to teach my cast as well to not become so vested into their comments because just because they're watching a reality show, they're still not getting our full reality because it's still edited down. So if you know who you are, you know what you did or what you said, then somebody can't come in the comments and shake you. But again, so so many people are not true to themselves that somebody can deter you from understanding you, which is retarded to me, because how can somebody tell you how you are? <laughs> you should know you better than anybody. But when it comes to reality TV and me, you know, playing it back in my head after season one, after the pilot, sure I say it right? The policies and now for season one and getting to meet, you know, these different groups of people, everybody looks at it from the outside thinking it's easy. oh, I can do this, I got so much going on, I'm booked and busy, until you get put in front of a camera for six months, and you really only got one thing going on in your life, and it's like, well, I was busy before this, no, you really weren't. You just didn't notice that you weren't busy, because to you, it seemed busy, but now that you have to film things, you have to have events, you have to have something going on, you don't know what to do, because you really didn't have nothing going on, but again, it's because everybody thinks they live these fabulous, fab lives, and you don't, but that's not to say, that you can't come on a reality show and not have a fab life. You don't have to have a fab life to be on a reality show. You just need to show your reality to somebody because there is somebody out there watching that TV that needs to see themselves in you.
0: Absolutely. I started preaching. I'm sorry, I'm a preacher's kid. Oh, child, we love it. <laughs> I, child, I, I always like to say, I ain't a preacher, but don't push me. All right. I've said that before, too. Yeah. <laughs> i love my
1: that because they used to tell me oh you're gonna be a minister i was like i'm not getting on a pulpit and my dad literally told me this two months ago he said why do you feel like for you to be a minister you got to be on a pulpit?" he said son what you do every day to people you're still ministering to them you're still a minister
0: absolutely and i said
1: i never thought about it that way because all i kept thinking was i gotta be in a pulpit i gotta be and I, don't, I didn't want to become an actual ordained minister because I backslide. Like I said, I drink my wine. You know what I'm saying? I, and I don't I don't want to play with God to that magnitude. So I said I don't I'm not I ain't got nothing to do with what nobody else is doing. <laughs> I don't want to be at the gates and him saying, Well, yes, you were ordained my child, but you did this. Well what? Oh shoot, poo
0: snooking. So I just <laughs> I totally think <get> that honey. <laughs> totally, totally understand that. So when it comes to your castmates, what percentage of your cast would you say are your actual friends in real life, and what percentage would you say are just people who you show up and make a great television show with? Co-workers, you would say.
1: <sighs> um, it's really, really, really hard um, to do a percentage because I it's really I don't I don't hang out with any of them particularly um, outside of filming um, with the exception of Terrence and Liam because, you know, we do shows and stuff, lip-sync shows together. Um, and Shantika, who is my brother's wife's sister, so she's like my sister-in-law too. Quan, um, who's my gay child, Black and Antonio, you know, so it's kind of, we, we sporadically see each other, so I can't really say, it's, it's really only like Marciano, JT, Tony, and chauncey that i don't get to hang out with a lot but i i have been around um and you know other settings with jt and chauncey it's just tony and marciano because Marciano's a uh, uh what's the word before lord he's an introvert
0: mm-hmm.
1: so he he rarely ever comes around and then um, tony has a whole busy life outside of uh doing the show so yeah so i it's the say a percentage for friends um it's hard because my gay kids I don't consider them to be friends I consider them to be my kids but I guess in the essence of, of the real world you would still say friend quote-unquote so uh, percentage-wise I would say maybe 95 of, percentages of, of friends
0: <laughs> and okay.
1: is, yeah I generally makes- get along with everybody I don't like I told you I don't do mess and drama Um, If you don't like me, I don't like you. Again, we're co-workers. We can coexist. It ain't no problems. We ain't got to worry about that. Just, all right, stay over there. I'm still here. So, yeah, I don't get into that. That's a waste of energy.
0: That makes total sense. Do you have a dynamic that you prefer? Would you rather go through reality TV with people who you consider yourself close to? Or would you rather just show up, clock in, do your job, and go home?
1: I would prefer uh, people that i get along with um because that those are commonalities and we can come to a uh, common ground um the first thing i told all of them in, in our meeting when we first met up to do our contracts and stuff was that i want you all to look around this room we got some people in here that you vibing with right now you're not going to get along with by the end of this season and they've all understood that they, they're getting it now and i told them but i want you to remove yourself out of the equation and think about God's plan as to why he brought us all together. There's somebody in this room that can help somebody else elevate and vice versa. But y'all gonna get so wrapped up into trying to build bonds and friendships and hang out that y'all gonna lose sight of the mission. And that's exactly where the strengths fight. (laughs) Because God doesn't make mistakes. He brings people in your life for a reason. And with all of them, all the reality shows I've ever watched, they always make the mistake of saying, because girl, I thought we were friends. Um, We were trying to become friends. You can't... Like that's almost like saying when you and I get off this call, we had a good conversation, and when I, when I talk to you again or I see you again, I say, "Y'all, that's my friend. I, I I vibe with you, and we could be friends. You know, grow grow into that. But you can't become somebody's friend after being around them for two weeks, right? But that that's the misconception, perception that they all have.
0: Totally get that. That makes perfect sense. So. In your time on reality television so far, what do you think has been the most difficult thing for you to film?
1: Big group um, scenes. because mm. okay. that's a whole bunch of personalities trying to get together and come, come to one understanding and it it, it just always gonna left. Mm. That makes sense. I can totally see that. You're always going to, and then you got people that don't want to shut up and listen and they don't, it's just a lie and then everybody's fighting for camera time at that time because it's so many of us the focal point can't be you unless you're doing something to make yourself the focal point, so
0: yeah right, <laughs> for sure so so on the flip side of that, what's been the most fulfilling thing for you to capture on mm-hmm. Stand Off Atlanta?
1: The most fulfilling for me, um, as far as myself personally capturing, um, is people actually getting to see more of the restaurant this season. Um, because again, I was so focused on pushing all of them. It was like, they were all standing on my shoulders. like, no, you go, you go. you. And so, um, when Shantika and I had a heart to heart, she said, you know, you don't have to push yourself down to bring somebody up. Mm. And I was like, I know, but she's like, no, ain't no, buts." And I've always told people, I know I'm going to be good. God got me. Like I'm blessed. And I just feel like, you know, I got to help this person because they're not getting it. They don't understand it. But again, coming to my realization last year, it all came full circle to say, okay, but you've done enough and they're adults. You said what you had to say, they're not listening, let it go. So um, that's been my most fulfilling uh, for me, myself personally. And as far as the cast, the most fulfilling is watching them grow into the people they're becoming, the ones from last season. Um, To see Terrence actually finally stepping out on faith and doing his clothing line because he keep he kept saying, I'm gonna do it, right. but he's always stopped his stuff. But to see him doing that means a lot. To see Black doing more shows, to see Quan even getting back into you know bodybuilding, because Quan Kwan is kind of an introvert too. Um so when things don't go his way, he'll shut down. Yeah. So to, to see, you know, them coming into even with Rodney, um, looking at his his Instagram stuff, so, you know, he's no longer on the show, but I still watch him, I still check on him out because I made a bond with you and yeah, you're not on the show anymore, him over but the bond doesn't stop there
0: yeah for sure um, i in that yeah totally what keeps you up at night
1: um <laughs> an overactive mind <laughs> yes god and I, I had become so addicted to melatonin it was pathetic because I had to tone my voices down in my head because I would not I would get up and start learning lines for something because I'm so you know it's like in my head like go get get the line learn learn the line or come up with another look for an outfit because it's in my head and I heard a song and I got so I've had to learn to turn those voices off in my head because I will be up if I don't.
0: (laughs) I'm working on that myself I totally relate.
1: Well you gotta get some wine because wine does it for me I have me a glass and a half (laughs) and and there I go it's catch the voices up and I sit on that sofa with my dog and watch a movie or whatever I'm gonna do that
0: night and that's, that's just how it is. I tone my voices out I love that so how are you protecting your peace nowadays mm,
1: I'm uh, an individual who has a strong 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 support system so I've never particularly suffered from not being at peace because my mother and dad are both, you know, thank you God they still alive, and we're still close. Like they know all my business, all that. Um, my siblings, oh, like they they gonna kill you behind me. My cousins, they the same. Like anything I've ever done, my shows out, they coming, and they're gonna be loud. And they're gonna be supportive. My son's mother, my ba- my first baby mama, she's there. My second baby, same. Like I, my support system is so freaking awesome that I you you really can't shake my piece because I'm not not looking for validation from anybody. So when you come in trying to disrupt that, I, babe, I can dismiss you because I I don't need another person in my life. I have a life full of people. (laughs) So (laughs) my piece is good.
0: I love that. That's awesome. What do you want your stamp on the entertainment industry to be?
1: To never be afraid. Um, I want people to, again, understand that God gave you a talent for a reason. And you have to understand what your gift is and use your gift and stop being afraid because when you go to, let's say you, and I'm going to use India as a, an example because she's one of my favorites, but let's say you were um, going to be on a concert and opening for India, and you're just nervous, 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 nervous. I guarantee you that when you walk by her dressing room, if you're privileged to be that close to her, she's just as nervous. So I want people to to take away the fact that you know you we, we all doubt ourselves to some degree well, I don't anymore we, we all doubt ourselves to some degree and even again looking outside outside looking in you thinking that this lady doesn't have all these albums she's touring she's but she still gets nervous right before she so yeah it's, it's, it's a human thing like we're, we're human you're not going to be perfect there's nothing in life perfect baby
0: speaking of being human how do you want to be remembered as a person
1: In our lifestyle uh, of me being a lip-sync artist, um, of course, you know, we suffer a lot of loss with um, drag queens and male entertainers and stuff. Absolutely. And there are just probably, in my lifetime, maybe five to ten, that even though they've been gone for so long, their name still rings. Mm. Even though they've been gone for so long, their advice still is relevant, and people are still saying, well, I learned this from so-and-so. Um, even down to one of the young ladies, she started this whole fragrance thing to where she was layering her layering her fla- fragrances, and everybody would always say, "Oh my gosh, you smell so good! What do you have on?" She said, "You got the layer start with your, your, your lotions and your oils, and, you, and she, you know you build." And so she taught them to start putting it on your hands right before you go on, so that when people get your money, you leave your scent on them. When you take the money out of their hand, you leave your scent on them, and it leaves a lasting impression. And I swear, it has left a lasting impression. So for me. I, I, I know that when I get like sporadic messages from people saying, "You remember five years ago when you told me," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" So, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I I know that I'm making my mark. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and just just by being the the person that I am and still being humble, like for me to be a, a quote unquote icon or legend in our industry as, as far as lip sync of doing this over thirty something years. I'll still go in his restroom and speak to everybody. Like, I'm walking to your station to speak to your person. I don't just walk around with my head down thinking I'm grand and putting my shades so on. I don't do none of that. None of I'm going to come into your station. How are you doing, my baby? You good? You did? Let me know. I'm that person. So, and it speaks volumes because when they reach out, they be like, you know, that made, made my whole night because you're who you are. I'm going to say my stage name, but you're who you are. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, but yeah, I'm, you're still a person. I'm still a person. I just started doing this before you. I'm not better than you. So, yeah, I want, I want to be—I want to be remembered for all the good things that I've taught people. I mean, hell, some of the bad too. That that can be a lesson for somebody too.
0: <laughs> for sure, totally. I've learned a lot of lessons from people's mistakes. I will say that.
1: Yeah, yeah. and you know what they say is that—that saying it, it may be just the same but it's the truth. Whatever does not kill you makes you stronger. And there's no such thing as a mistake. It's called experience. You are not wrong about that. It's called experience. I experienced this, and I learned from it. You didn't make a mistake. You were supposed to do it for you to learn from it. So it, it, it wasn't a mistake.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything that you'd like to share with my audience and I that I didn't cover over the course of our conversation today?
1: Um. No, not really. Just support my restaurant, Old School Flavor in Stone Mountain. I've been there seven years. Uh. I yeah. I'm just trying to get that to another uh, location to a bigger location because there's some things i want to do uh, with the restaurant but i don't want multiple locations because i feel like you lose the continuity of your food and the customer service i'm very big on customer service so i would just do one one other spot that's bigger um i want them to support that um look out for anything that i'm in um i have an amazon prime movie coming out i hate saying i so much i have an amazon prime movie coming out in may Tit or Tat that I start in. I have a YouTube movie by invitation only that I started in that comes out in May as well. And in April, Never Trust, which was a co starring or co league. I don't know what that was. It was about girls, but I was in it. Um, to support that excuse me to support that when you see that as well or go to actv.com watch actv.com and I am on uh, several shows on that network it's just like a Netflix but it's a you know individually owned um, African American network please support that as well and just you know be on the lookout for Set It Off like we out here doing it I'm just setting it off and trying to make sure that people learn some things like you know about themselves not about me about themselves well me too so yeah but that's it that's, that's that's absolutely it I'm a happily married man y'all I'm sorry everybody know that that's why they be busting in the comments because ain't they can't get me so they be mad <laughs> I'm <laughs> I have- serious because they'll come in the comments and compliment everybody but me and I I, I looked at it one day and I started laughing I said the problem is they know that I'm not single so I ain't no used even saying that to you because it ain't going nowhere
0: yeah so- hopefully they're just trying to be respectful and be like child of man is married let me just move on around and not yeah. even different.
1: now the women don't care they're gonna they're maybe they're gonna be in them comments they're gonna be in them comments but i it's, it's actually um fun for me because something that I, I learned from television is that television like watching tv when i was growing up you can never get too complacent with yourself because then you'll lose yourself so you do need those compliments. You do need somebody that's not just like, I do need somebody outside of my husband to say, oh, you look good today. You look really nice. Because he, he, of course, it's, for me it's gonna be, he has to say that we're married. But when somebody yeah. else, like if I walk in the mall and a lady say, oh my God, that, you smell something. That's a compliment and it keeps my, my morale. For sure. So yeah, I, yeah.
0: <laughs> that makes perfect sense. To be perfectly honest with you, I totally get that. I don't ever leave the house, but I get what you mean. <laughs> you don't need a house. No, not really, because I just, I I have a lot of social anxiety issues, for one. And then, two, I spend so much time doing this. Like, I do two to three interviews a day, seven days a week, because I put out new new episodes five days a week. And then, right now, I, I, I'm, I'm working on a new project, so I'm trying to stockpile as many interviews as I can, because I'm going to have to pull back on the show for a while once this thing goes into production. And so... Uh, so I really just spend all my time working and you know if I'm not on the mic then I'm with my kid or I'm on YouTube so I don't really you know be out in the streets like that
1: I get it because I'm only in the streets when I'm working I feel you, you know, I'm having to get something made or something like that and I'm having a shop. but yeah, I'm not a, someone just asked me that yesterday I was like well where do you go to have fun I said my living room in front of my TV Right, because I'm out all the time, so if I'm working at nightclubs, I don't want to go to a nightclub when I'm not having to work. So, no,
0: I relate to that 100% because I have a whole past life doing drag, and doing drag really kind of solidified that for me to where it's gotten me to a point to where I don't want to go out to a club unless I'm paid to be there. Like, why am I there for what? Right, to spend money. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming to spend money. You now I can stay in the house and listen to these
1: same songs and drink my own wine that I paid $9.99 for, and I can drink the whole bottle, not just one glass. So no, I'm good.
0: Right. I will twerk in the kitchen, child. I ain't got. I ain't got to be in the middle of the, of the flow to have fun, child. I, I, I can go and shake my ass right in, in, in the middle of the living room. Right. And, be, and, and, and and play the song three times if I want to. I ain't got to go ask the DJ and tip him too. Exactly. Pass me the dog school, child. I play my own damn music. Don't worry about it, <laughs> honey. I know that's right. Well, on that note, that has been our show, children. Mm-hmm. I every single one of you guys for tuning in to help me to facilitate this conversation and I want to extend a extra special thank you to my guest Enrique Fan for joining me on the podcast today thank
1: you, thank you thank you thank you no thank you for having me because you are literally the only person who has ever reached out to me nobody else ever wants to interview me back I told you because I'm boring to them
0: that's interesting well I, well, I, I consider myself to be a much different Um, outlet than a lot of different platforms. I don't really care about the mess or the drama that goes on on reality shows. And so I pretty much let all the other platforms cover all of that type of stuff. And when you come to my show, it's more so about getting to know you, getting to know your life story, getting to know your perspectives, getting to know your businesses, getting to know how your platforms have been a thread throughout, throughout throughout your entire lives and so like I really just want to get to know the people when they come on my podcast so I you know you've always got a home here (laughs) thank you absolutely
1: they they they, maybe they will not and I'm like well damn I mean I understand them I don't have fussing and cussing and screaming but you don't want to get my side of the stories oh yeah it'd be weird but I'm good I don't even fuss about it because again I feel like your life is ordained and it's a path and that's just not my journey so I'm
0: good Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, you know, not everybody like you know, they, they try to say be yourself, not everybody's different, not everybody's the same, but then they want the same thing from anybody, from any and everybody on reality TV, no matter who mm-hmm. they are. They want drama and they want ratchet, no yes. matter who they are. <laughs> You're so, right. That doesn't make any sense. It's like you want to embrace people not being a monolith, but then you want people to be a monolith. When they entertain you. So if they're not up to this standard, then they're not entertaining. It's like, okay, so why can't people who just have a good gift to gab? Why can't people why like why does every like like why does waking it up as as the kids say have to be a thing? <laughs> why does drama have to be a thing? Why do you why are you boring if you don't confront people or are in confrontations and conflict? I I would never understand that. But that's also part of the reason why I'm not trying to be on an ensemble reality show. correct? Because I just, I don't move like that. And so I'm like, there's only so much I'm going to do that there's only so so much that I'll say. And I'm the person that I would just shut down and stop showing up. I'd be like, alright, girl, I ain't got time for this. My up my piece is way too important and I ain't got time. Y'all will not vex my spirit. No, ma'am. That,
1: that's exactly what happened
0: to Antonio. No, ma'am. Like, I just don't have the energy because at the end of the day, it's like i think for me people try to be like well it's such a big platform it's such a big platform it's like okay well if you're talented enough you can go and build your own damn platform yeah go do it but for yourself that, that, that goes back to what i said
1: people are afraid of the true them they put on as if they're strong enough to do it but when it comes time to do the work and they have to do it they'd rather gravitate to something that's already there that they could just be a part of instead of starting it because now i got to deal with failure Instead of just saying, I'm not going to fail, they're afraid of failing.
0: Exactly. And I'm kind of dealing with that with the project that I'm working on right now. I'm starting a new project and I'm involving other people in it and the people who I'm collaborating with on the project. You know, I've had people, when they get the idea or when they think, you know, they have an opportunity to do something, they're like, oh yeah, let's do it. And then once they realize the work that's gonna go into it, now all of a sudden, you know, they scared or they nervous or you know, they wanna act different. And I'm like, faith without works is dead, babe. Like it's you can't dead.
1: and anything that comes fast leads fast, baby.
0: Exactly. Like, like I like I don't the instant gratification is something that's never been a thing for me because I don't want something that's gonna come and leave. I want something that's gonna come and stick around, simmer, mm-hmm. marinate. Yeah. Yeah, like
1: I'm with you And I mean, if, if, if people, you know, again, I guess I pay attention to it because I'm an actor, but when I'm looking at Samuel L. Jackson, I'm looking at Angela Bassett, I'm looking at Shirley Ralph people like that who are just now getting their just due and they're yeah. in their 60s or, or early 70s and they've been acting and doing their thing for the longest, but they're just now becoming powerhouses. The powerhouses we always knew them to be. Yes. The world is just now recognizing them. So what I- makes you, this little peon, quote unquote, so much different than these people who've been out there to the masses why do you feel like you're supposed to have it all figured out or or be the it person no you have to work and know that when it's all said and done once you've been in that refrigerator for four hours with your seasoning on and you put it on slow bake on yeah and then you take it out and you put some little juice that's how your life should be you got to always take your time with cooking and just look at that as an analogy for life because when you put it in a microwave, after after three minutes of putting it in the microwave, it's hot for three seconds, then it go right back to cold. That's you don't want a microwave career, you don't want a microwave life. Exactly. That's no longevity in that. There's not even no substance in a microwave meal.
0: And that's what it's about for me. You know, I see all of you know my favorites, all of the people who I idolize, all of the people who I want to be a part of. You know, following in their footsteps. Most of them, most of them did not find their greatest success until later. Sheryl Lee Ralph being a great example of that. The original Dina Jones. Dean yes. from Alicia. Like, like she, like she's always been an icon to me. Like, Sheryl Lee Ralph has been an icon to me. But the fact that she just won her first Emmy, her first Golden Globe, like, like she's just winning these awards for, like, just, what's it, like, it's, it's crazy. Morgan Freeman not getting his first big movie until he was 52 years old. Leslie Jones mm-hmm not making it as a comic until she was in her mid to late 40s like I, like i feel like you know as much as it's happening for me right now as much as little successes i've had as much traction as i've had i feel like i only i have so much further to go because i live under that thought process that it takes 10 years to be an overnight success and i'm in year 1 right now when it comes to the stuff that i'm doing now so I'm like, I can't wait to see all the stuff. Like, if it feels good and it feels great, what I'm doing right now, I can't wait to get further down the line and see how much better it's gonna get.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and uh-huh. that's, that's that's people. They always want to fast forward their lives, baby.
0: Yeah, and like people scared to get old, but they want to hurry up and get somewhere fast. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Right, because it's not. That's kind of an oxymoron. You moron. Yes. <laughs> Like child, you want to hurry up and get somewhere, but you don't want to be older when you get there. It's like, well, what does that? What, well, what, well, girl? Like what? Yeah, that that don't make sense. That don't. That's not clicking, Stephen. I don't know what that means, but I am not going to hold you anymore. I'm sure that you have places to be, lines to learn, people to teach, sermons to
1: prepare. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, with that being said, I want to encourage everybody under the sound of my voice right now to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. Yeah. For real. I am Brian K. James. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love every single one of you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Keep the mess in the message. Be useful, but not used. And... Misbehave yourselves. Peace. Bye, guys. what's going on everybody brian k james here and i'm so excited to let you know that this podcast is being brought to you in part by outlander media network outlander's mission is to bring you the most exclusive alternative content from across the web from the farthest reaches invading your space we appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and never want you to forget to embrace your inner outlander I am Brian K. James and this is Real Reality Realness.